Hey friends, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about mapping career pathways. Welcome to Vertical Playpen. My name is Phil and let's get to the episode. Mapping career paths. This has been something that I have been attempting to do by interviewing people on this podcast. And I've referenced this many times as well about the difficulty that finding careers in this field presents itself with. So I wanted to be able to map that out and give some guideposts along the way to be able to help other people find a career in this field. Recently, I wrote an article for Adventure Park Insider on this very topic. So it just came out in their summer 2022 edition. I'm going to just read you the article and then I'm going to insert some of the audio from people that I reference in this article for those people who maybe weren't able to read it. I do encourage you to subscribe to Adventure Park Insider. I'm going to throw the link to that in the description of this episode. So here we go. This is article is called Mapping Career Paths. Over my 15 years in the adventure education industry, people have often asked, how do I make this a career? So to paint a roadmap for emerging professionals looking to go full time in the industry, I started the podcast Vertical Playpen. Since the podcast launched, I have interviewed more than 75 professionals who have taken their love and passion outdoor adventure and turned it into full-time work as adventure educators, operators, course designers and many other roles. In this article we will look at five of those pros examining their respective career paths and a few of the lessons they learned along the way. While these folks all work in the experiential field a lot of the advice and takeaways apply to the recreational side of the industry as well. Challenge course trainer Phil that's me. I don't have any formal education in this industry. My undergraduate degree is in English literature and sports science. An odd pairing, I know. And I fully intended to become a public school teacher when I graduated. In my last year of college, though, I took a job at a summer camp in the States. I am originally from England. That job ultimately led me to my current role as a full-time trainer at High Five. From point A to point B. Of course, there were some twists and turns along the way. I spent seven years as a facilitator at that summer camp outdoor education center, which had a reasonably sized ropes course and offered year-round outdoor education programming. While this position gave me a full-time job and healthcare, which I understand is a rarity for most outdoor educators, the work included many tasks that didn't involve challenge courses, such as teaching forest ecology, ornithology, survival skills, and many more. And I knew I wanted to find full-time challenge coursework. So while attending a summer camp conference one year, I pulled High Five's then training director, Chris Ortiz, aside to ask how I could move into a role like his. He suggested several steps, which I followed. One, attend professional trainings, ACCT level one, level two, challenge course manager, Acquire certifications, ACCT Level 1, Level 2, Challenge Course Manager, Wilderness First Responder, and other similar certifications. Attend conferences, 
like those of the Association for Challenge Course Technology, the Association for Experiential Education, the Association of Outdoor Recreation Education, and American Camp Association. Present at those conferences and connect with other adventure professionals for advice. Takeaways. When I consider how I went from seasonal camp counsellor and outdoor educator to full-time year-round staff trainer, there were a few key steps that helped me along the way. Perhaps they can help you too. Number one, find a mentor. Ortiz's advice was instrumental in helping me build the career I wanted. This industry is full of friendly folks who want to help and provide guidance to newbies. Just ask, then be prepared to listen. Two, attend and more importantly, present at conferences. This, I believe, was an important step as it got my name out there. No matter how green you are, you should look for opportunities to present. Even filling out the presenter application can be a learning experience. I recommend checking out a previous episode of this podcast called Presenting at Conferences. Often the most challenging part can be thinking, what would I even present? My advice would be to consider those aspects of your work you are most excited about and then add your own authentic lens to it. Example, you value organizing gear in your gear shed and think that it has a direct impact on your client's participation and experience, so you'd like to share exactly how you do this and why. The cost of attending conferences can be a barrier, so talk with your employer about subsidizing the cost as an investment in your education or consider volunteering for the host organization in exchange for free or discounted attendance. Challenge course engineer and inspector, Rich. Rich has been in the challenge course business for 32 years, beginning in 1990 as an intern at Project Adventure. After spending a year as an intern, knowing he wasn't willing to be an intern forever, he asked to be taken on full-time as a trainer installer. Rich gained technical training experience on the job and used his degree in mechanical engineering to reverse engineer and then design challenge course technologies. From point A to point B. Rich worked at Project Adventure until 2007, where he founded his own organization offering concept and design services, program development and planning, professional reviews, technical drawings, and standards and regulations development, as well as serving as an expert witness. Rich demonstrated a tenacious desire to stay in the industry by not only specifically asking to work full-time, but by also being willing to dip his toes into each department the Project Adventure had, diversifying his skill set and allowing him to discover which things he enjoyed doing more than others. Takeaways and some advice from Rich. 1. Utilize previous experience or expertise to enhance your value to the industry. Just as Rich used his engineering degree to help design and improve Challenge Course hardware. 2. Persevere. If you're in this industry, stay in it. There's a career for you. I didn't think I was going to have a career in this world. I, you know, I'd been in the business for 15 years before I realized that this is my career. Because <laughs> what, what are you going to do now? <laughs> but you can go, I mean, I often talk to young people in the 
that are summer staff at places where I am, it's like they, they see me inspecting, like, wow, cool. How can I do that? Do what you do well and keep learning and go, you know, go to the conference, get involved in stuff. And you too can do this if you think this is this good. Yeah. <laughs> I think that speaks to a message that most industry professionals would echo. To find full-time work, you need to stick at it. Free. Raise your hand to ask for opportunities, even, especially, if you are just an intern. Many people I've interviewed claim to be lucky that they were in the right place at the right time when it came to finding an awesome industry job. But all of those people, like Rich, created that luck by doggedly seeking out the work they wanted to do. Outdoor Centre Programme Director, Ross. Ross was a summer camp camper from Brooklyn who became a camp counsellor. Moving through the ranks of CIT, which means counsellor in training, while in high school to counsellor and eventually to full-time programme director at an outdoor centre. As programme director, Ross is responsible for educational programme design, client communication, scheduling, staffing and the development of those staff. From point A to point B. Ross held several other roles on his path from camp counsellor to program director, all at the same organisation, including outdoor instructor, school consultant, leadership trainer, wilderness medicine instructor, wedding coordinator and camp director, all over a period of seven years. The diversity of responsibilities he's had at this organisation shows Ross's willingness to step into different roles, which benefited his professional growth. This pathway likely contributed to his landing full-time employment and made him the obvious candidate for program director when the position became available. In an industry with quite a large amount of staff turnover, being patient can often be to your advantage. Takeaways and advice from Ross. 1. Embed yourself into the culture of the organisation you want to work for. Demonstrate your desire to be a valuable member of the community by working in whatever roles are available to you at any particular time. This gives you a wide skill set to be able to pull from when applying for full-time employment. 2. Find people who you respect in this industry and work alongside them to support your growth and development. In Ross's particular case, the organisation he worked for was willing to send him two professional development opportunities and he also had a role model whom he was able to emulate. People are more likely to want to do something when they see people who look like them. And I think I'm, I meet a different demographic. We had the school, Page Academy, who is a, a, a school of mostly black and uh, some Spanish students. And they were nervous about coming. All right. So they brought the teacher. They brought the principal. They brought the assistant principal. Yeah. They brought like the whole crew. We want to know what they're, what was about to happen to our kids. And the program came along. They went. It went great without a hitch. The kids loved it. They've been back multiple times. Mm-hmm. They're coming back again this year. They'll be their third year coming to us. But after the first year, when we were sitting down, we're debriefing it with them. They said we were we were nervous about because they and they hadn't told us before. Like we were nervous about coming, mm-hmm. and just the fact that you were the one leading this program for our students put us at ease. And that was not something that. I, I mean, I wished for it, obviously. I, it, was, it, was a, it was a wish in the back of my mind, but mm. to see that actually happen, that we want to continue to do this, and this is really, this is good for our kids. We think it's good for them, and the fact they can see you helping them through this is doubly impactful. Three, 
get experience. A summer camp job is often the jumping off point for the industry professionals I've interviewed. Working a few seasons at a summer camp challenge course or an aerial adventure park is a great way to gain work experience. You get, on average, about 500 hours of experience in one summer. That certainly gives your resume a healthy boost as you look for that next step in your career journey. Adventure therapist, David, PhD. David began his career as a high school teacher, teaching social skills to students in a special education program. He liked to create lesson plans that combined educational objectives with adventure games and challenge course programming. Eventually, his dual passions for special education and outdoor adventure led him to become a full-time adventure therapist. Adventure therapy approaches psychological treatment through experience and action within cooperative games, trust activities, problem-solving initiatives, high adventure, outdoor pursuits, and wilderness expeditions. From point A to point B. David found the experiential education industry through research he was doing to build his high school special education programming. After spending a decade working in secondary and post-secondary education in Texas, he earned a doctorate from the University of North Texas in counselor education and then joined the faculty at the University of Arkansas as an assistant professor of counselor education. He specializes in school counseling, adventure therapy, and family interventions aimed to improve the parent-adolescent relationship. David is now the director of the Adventure Therapy Lab at the University of Arkansas, where he teaches his counselor education students about the benefits of adventure-based counseling. Takeaways and advice from David. One, build your knowledge base. David was bullish, and I say that positively, with his professional development and growth, a recurring theme among those who have successfully built a career in the field. He actively sought out answers to his adventure education questions and expanded his knowledge through readily available resources, such as a great adventure therapy book, Islands of Healing. Two, be bold. According to David, courage and creativity are the key to effective adventure therapy. There are also key components to finding full-time work in our industry. I did an adventure-based counseling course, and that was incredible. Um, and that just really helped me kind of sharpen my skills and then uh, start to make adventure my own and, and tap into my own creativity. The creativity and then the courage. Both of those are so key to adventure therapy. That's been my journey. It's uh, coming to the uh, University of Arkansas has definitely um, been a great springboard into even more. We started the Adventure Therapy Lab here. Where we're doing research and training. I've led study abroads in adventure therapy, which has been incredible and had fantastic students that are coming through and helping to um, advance the field. David built his career in adventure therapy by taking creative risks when he was a public school teacher and striving to solve the issues he was finding in trying to educate his students. Arborist, Kirsten. Kirsten, a recreational rock climber and backpacker, originally planned to be a nurse and an outdoor medic. After assisting her partner with his tree service during a particularly busy season for him, she made the decision to channel her passion for health into tree health and become an arborist. From point A to point B. Initially, Kirsten's experience in recreational rock climbing and her connection to her partner were the two things that aided her in entering the world of arbor culture. 
After that, she gained hands-on job experience and developed her skills over a number of years before eventually becoming an ISA, which is International Society of Arboriculture, Certified Arborist. Takeaways and advice from Kirsten. 1. Don't limit yourself. Kirsten initially believed that because she didn't study arboriculture in school, she wouldn't be able to enter her current line of work. This proved to be untrue because she sought out opportunities to gain experience and followed her curiosity to develop the necessary knowledge to become an arborist. 2. Embrace your passions. A continuous theme in Kirsten's career journey is leaning into areas of work where she felt most passionate. It's important to both seek out the gaps in the industry that your skills could fill and the areas of work that excite you the most. 3. Take your time. To try different things and see what the things that you like, because you might start with something and like it, but then there might be something else that you might like even more. So just to stay, stay open-minded. And I guess a big thing too, I would say is to give yourself time to figure it out. Like my very first time I put on spurs was in the backyard and spurs are the, they kind of wrap around your calf and have little spikes on them and you use them for removing trees, not for trimming them because they poke little holes in the tree. But if you're removing it, you can kind of use it to get up the tree. So I put those on and, and we were taking out our backyard tree and I was like, gosh, this is so hard. I'm going to stick with nursing. Oh, hell no. I'm not jealous anymore. I, 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 it's fine. But it just comes with time. Like when you first try something, it can feel so awkward, so unsure. You might be like, oh, I suck at this. I'm not good at this. I'm not meant to do this. And it's like, no, just stick with it for a bit. Try different things. Pump yourself up. And you may come to realize like, oh, wow, I'm actually really good at this. Or I actually really love this. Try different things in the industry to see which jobs you actually enjoy. Give yourself time to figure out what you like the most. One season is never enough to fully understand the work. Four, reach out. If you have any questions about possible work or a job, reach out and ask people. So many people in the industry are willing to help up and comers. And since there is so much diversity of work in each field, reach out to companies to find the one that best aligns with your values. Make your own map. There is no single replicable career pathway for emerging professionals in the adventure industry to follow if they want to become full-time. Despite the incredible work we do as adventure practitioners, it can be a struggle to find stability in this industry. Many who enter the industry work a season or two and find no viable path forward. But as Rich said, if you're in this industry, stay in it. There's a career for you. The longer you stick around, do good work and make good impressions, the more doors will open. I believe that the industry will continue to grow, flourish and diversify in the coming decades. There are already organizations out there doing great work to encourage staff retention. I work for one and I look forward to seeing more intentional cultivation of the next generation of adventure professionals. So that was the article. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're able to find value in this and you're able to take out some of the advice, especially if you're an emerging professional. And to all of the professionals who are already professionals in this field, reach out to some of these emerging professionals as well. Let's bridge the gap between these two parties to try to mentor some new people coming into the industry. 
I see a lot of people through our trainings. And this year, this year moving forward, I'm going to be much more intentional about trying to maintain those connections and help people grow in this field. So if you want to reach out to me and you want uh, me to give you some advice and some coaching along the way to be able to find a job, please reach out to me. I am willing to help and I have a lot of connections with people who are also looking for employees. So I can help bridge some of that gap. Thanks for listening. Once again, find me at Vertical Playpen on Instagram. Email me, podcast at highfiveadventure.org. And stay safe, stay connected, and I will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Vertical Playpen. And then what about thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for giving. I think I'll pass the guy.